Good morning, and welcome to worship here at the First Baptist Church of Lawrence, Kansas. We are glad on this Pentecost Sunday to celebrate the coming of the Spirit, not only 2,000 years ago to the, the birth of the church, but also the coming of the Spirit here today. It's so fun to see a lot of folks here today wearing your uh, uh, yellows and reds and oranges and flame-colored clothing. Uh, if you're at home and you forgot that it was Pentecost, the good news is you can run your closet right now and grab it really fast. The rest of us are kind of stuck, but uh, it's great to have uh, all of you here, both uh, uh, in person and also uh, as we gather virtually. As we celebrate Pentecost this day, it is a reminder, indeed, that the Spirit is with us, even in the midst of the changes in the world around us. And so we light the candle today, the Christ candle that uh, is perhaps most appropriate on this day, as we celebrate the, the flame, the fire, the warmth of the Spirit in our midst. If you have a candle at home you'd like to light, you're welcome to do that now, as we light in this space the reminder of Christ's very presence. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, 
When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared amongst them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Okay, kids, it is time for the children's sermon. So come on up and sit on a dot. I have some supplies to bring up with me, which is why I'm not there yet. So come on up if you would like. You'll be able to see better from here, I promise. good to see you all today. So today we're talking about a story that's a little weird and a little strange. Shane just read it and I have some candles to help me tell it. So a long time ago there were 12 disciples and these people lived and followed with Jesus and Pastor Matt's going to bring down the Christ candle represent Jesus and they followed him and learned from him and if you remember we've talked about how Jesus loved people so much that some people didn't like that he loved everybody and so he died that was really sad but the good news was that he came back to life because God's love is more powerful than death and Jesus spent more time with his disciples and learned with them and ate with them. And then he said, it is time for me to go. And he ascended up into heaven. But he said, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you alone. The spirit is coming. Wait for it. And so the disciples went back and they waited. And one day they were in a room and something really strange happened. A wind blew in, a really strong wind that was loud. And something that they say kind of was like fire. They weren't really on fire. You don't need to be afraid. But something like fire came upon them. And that fire, they just knew there was something so special about this moment and this time that it was God's presence among them. And they started being able to speak and say things that they never would have been able to say before. And they just knew that God's spirit was among them. And it felt to them like they were on fire in a good way, not in a bad or scary way. For Jesus. So I want you to watch the candles now. 
were going to change the light because they didn't literally feel like they were on fire forever, but the Holy Spirit stayed with them even after that first experience. So watch how the fire, it doesn't disappear, it changes. And see how it's spreading out? And that smoke, it's still around, but it's spreading out all across the room, just like God's Spirit has spread all across the world and is in and around each of us, loving us and guiding us and showing us the way. And so even though the moment ended, God's Spirit stayed with us for forever. One of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit is that the Bible says that when you need to pray about something, but you can't find the right words, you don't quite know what to say, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. So sometimes when something's on my heart and I need to pray about it and I just don't have the right words, I say, Holy Spirit, can you pray for me right now? Because you know what I'm feeling. You know what I'm thinking about. So will you pray for me right now? Because I don't have the words to. And the Holy Spirit prays for me. And that helps me feel better inside. So remember that the Holy Spirit is among all of us. Just like that smoke is spread out all across it. We can't see it anymore, but it's still there. Just like God is with us. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for bringing the Holy Spirit into our lives to be with us, in us, and among us, to love us, and to pray for us when we don't have the words ourselves. Please help each kid here have a good week and keep them safe. Amen. Okay, thanks for coming.
If able, please text or message at home. Those of you here, please stay in your spots and pull out your phone and text someone or wave and yell their name across the room. Thank you very much. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tara. God bless. reading. A word from Luke 11, a little strange passage, but it reminds us that God is the giver of wonderful gifts, including the Holy Spirit. 
Hear now the word of the Lord. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, you will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and the graduates that are going to be recognized can come on forward. Every year, I guess I can't say every year because this is my first year, but I have been told that every year um, we honor and recognize the graduates in our church, reminding them that they are loved and blessed by us as we send them out onto new opportunities that they will always um, be in our hearts and we are cheering them on. And so we have four high school graduates today. Um, Cole Grassy is graduating from Free State High School and is going on to Illinois Tech. Um, Jayla Pierce, oh sorry, I'm gonna go in the actual order I said I was gonna go in. Uh, <laughs> not in the order that they were saying. <laughs> the gifts have names in them and so we can't just give random um, gifts. So, Matt Reimer is graduating from Free State High School also. Lucy Reimer is graduating from Free State and will be heading to Westmont College in California. And then Jayla will be graduating from, just graduated yesterday from Eudora High School and is heading to Rockhurst in Kansas City in the fall. So. Um, we are proud of you. Congratulations for getting through one of the weirdest school years there has ever been. And um, just stay up here for a couple moments longer. Celebrate today. We have some higher education folks as well that we want to, to celebrate together. Most of them are not here because they're off in other places doing uh, what higher education graduates do, uh, living life and doing jobs and looking for jobs and such. But we want to, uh, as a church, recognize them. Maybe they'll have a chance to, to watch today or later as we celebrate them. And so today we also celebrate Evan Yoder. Uh, who's, uh, who graduated from the University of Minnesota uh, with a degree in applied economics and a minor in statistics. Uh, also, a couple of Trents. We have some uh, proud Trent parents here who were able to, to watch two of their boys graduate from Fort Hayes State University. Uh, with, uh, Alex Trent with a Master's of Health in Human Performance and Andrew Trent with a Master's of Education in School Counseling. So we celebrate them. And then finally, and we do have this person is here today we get to celebrate uh, the Reverend Christina Adams for her graduation. Uh, she graduates uh, here soon from uh, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. And so she gets a bag too, because she's here. <laughs> and uh, so for Christina and for our high school graduates and all of our graduates that are uh, worthy of our celebration today, let's have a round of applause to celebrate them. Join with me now in a prayer of blessing. Uh, well, as Pastor Christina has said, Lord, this has been the weirdest year to graduate, regardless of the institution, regardless of how it was done, 
there were computers involved and there was distance learning and there was a lot of uh, confusion and, and new ways to learn how to learn. God, through all of that, these folks flourished. And so we celebrate them. We celebrate them in uh, incredible ways. We're proud of the things that they have done. We are proud of who they are becoming and who you are making them to be. God, we thank you for the ways that they will use the gifts that they have learned uh, in these last years uh, to be your servants and to follow you. God, I thank you uh, for the families that have uh, carried them through this year and through all of these years. We pray blessings upon them as they grieve and say goodbye in many cases uh, and celebrate in all cases. God, we pray that you would walk with these graduates now and walk with us as a church as we celebrate them together. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sit down.
prayer this morning. It is now time to lift up our joys and concerns. As I have already said, one of the things that I love about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is praying for us always, and especially when we ask and don't have words to pray, the Holy Spirit will continue to pray for us and with us. And so we have um, heavy hearts this morning for Holly Grassy and her family. Her sister, Marta, died very unexpectedly last night. Um, So prayers for all of them and their family as they are celebrating things this week. They are also mourning. And so we are keeping you in our thoughts and our prayers. Also remembering that the church is not just here, but throughout our land and world, we're praying for... Um, Grace Evangelical Presbyterian Church here in town for the Reverend Doug Alv- oh, you told me how to say it Alvels Bernal I'm, I'm sorry I butchered that but God knows who he is it's okay and for Jay Stockin serving in Mexico so come let us come together for a time of disciplined confession silence and then we'll pray together let's pray Holy and merciful God, we do not know how to pray as we ought, and we know too well our constant failures to do as you have commanded and to hold fast to your word. Forgive us for the divisions we nurture, guide us to your way, keep us in your care, lead us into faith. We trust your word that the spirit of truth will show us all things and grant us courage and peace. People of God, body of Christ, the spirit of God's truth has come upon creation and upon each of you to interrupt the mysteries of the Holy Spirit and the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, and by the authority of the church, I declare you the complete forgiveness of your sins. Be at peace with one another because of God's mercy. Let's pray. Ever-living God, ever-loving God. We praise you for your loving presence. Come, Holy Spirit, into our midst. Take and transform this world. Take and transform our societies, that broken people find healing, that those in mourning receive comfort, that lonely people find love in their place, that fearful people find hope and courage. Come, Holy Spirit, take our world's leaders and governments and bring renewal, that communication can be open and transparent, that relationships between hostile people and hostile nations, especially this week, those in Israel-Palestine, will evaporate, and that a hunger for justice addresses the hunger felt by so many across the world, that healing and vaccines come to those 
struggling with COVID outbreaks throughout the world. Come, Holy Spirit, fill your church, that our worship will be ever more pleasing to you, that prayers will change our minds instead of trying to get yours to change, that our lives will make a real difference to real people in the real world. Come, Holy Spirit, into our midst. Fill our lives with your presence so that more and more every day, all that we do and say and hope will be an act of worship to you and an expression of love to others, to the glory of your name. Come, Holy Spirit, as we pray together what your Son has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today is Pentecost 2021. On Pentecost Sunday in 2011, 10 years ago, this church sent a delegation to the country of Haiti. And while we were there on Pentecost Sunday, we had the incredible opportunity to worship with our Haitian uh, siblings in Christ, we had a, uh, an opportunity to, uh, to gather together with some amazing missionaries who did some uh, incredible work there and continue to do that work today. And we got to meet Dezo. Dezo was our translator, a young woman that uh, we did not meet before we all climbed into the back of a truck and uh, uh, ended up uh, on the other side of a dusty hill and in worship with her. She translated for us as we led in worship that day as we tried to understand what was happening in that space. Well now 10 years later, uh, Dezo and I were uh, talking uh, in the last uh, a couple of months and we said, you know what would be fun? If you brought a word to us today, a reminder of what happened 10 years ago and a reminder of what her call to ministry has been about. It's been amazing to have Dezo not just there in that space in Haiti, but also here with us in Kansas over this last decade. And so now, take a moment and watch a video that she has prepared, uh, a word of greeting 
and thanks from our friend. Hey, First Baptist Church of Lawrence, Kansas. Can you believe that it's been 10 years since I've met some of you in Haiti? I remember getting a phone call the night before Pentecost Sunday, 2011, asking me to translate for an American pastor. And that pastor was Pastor Matt. I remember the next day, Pastor Matt and the rest of the group picked me up and we rode on a bus, what we call Tap Tap back home. There I met Mom Nancy, Papa Tim, I met Brent, Scott, I met John, I met Danny, I met Beth, I met Deva, and Jesse, by the way, rode on the back of the Tap Tap on that day. I'm sure it was a lot of fun for Jesse, but it was a little bit scary for me. The next day, we broke ground on a new school. I remember how the humidity kept us sweating as we worked together in the bright and blazing hot sunshine of Haiti. I remember how we ate ham sandwiches and for lunch day after day and we drank strong Haitian coffee and traveled to and from the bumpy dirt roads together. And today, my friends, that school is serving the community. Back then, I had it all worked out. I had a plan to get a degree in healthcare and to work back home as a local missionary. But I'm sure I'm not the only one who has had one plan and God had another. My dream for ministry was redirected into something I never could have planned myself. I am so happy with how God has been guiding me on this journey from Haiti, where we first met, to where I am today. Today, I am in my fourth year as a pastor at First Baptist Church of Kansas City, Missouri. I am married to a wonderful man of God. Together, we have two beautiful, precious children, Benjamin and Charlotte who are now 21 months. They are running around, they are talking and keeping us busy. And this year, I began a doctoral program in preaching, the very same program that Pastor Matt graduated from. Friends, I want you to know how much your prayers have made a difference in my life. As you continue to be a church that cares about the world, please pray for Haiti as the country continues to struggle. Thank you for your support and your prayers. May you remain open to let God use you to make God real in the lives of others in your community and around the world. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. So I'm going to share an embarrassing question I had to ask my cycling friends yesterday. Should we go see if she's okay? 
It's a really simple story. I was riding up a really big hill, uh, the uh, Clinton Lake Dam. Hey, Craig, you know that hill. <laughs> um, and uh, I saw a car on the side of the road, red car, playing some really loud music with a uh, young lady, person, uh, slumped over, looked like she was sleeping on the side. And I wasn't sure, was she okay? Uh, why did I even ask that and not take action? Well, a big monstrous person, person like me, going up and tapping on a window, uh, might have perhaps startled her and not uh, sent the message I was trying to intend, which was, I am here to help you, not to harm you. You know, that's the space I was in at that moment. That's the place that uh, uh, it, it seems like we have gotten to way too much as a society, is figuring out reasons not to help, than trying to figure out how to help. You know, I wanted to be filled by God's good spirit, but I was afraid how that person might react. So I was challenged, and luckily, a couple of minutes later, one of my cycling friends turned around and said, I say, look, they're okay. They got in the car, drove away, and turned off. But it was a little tiny moment of me realizing and recognizing the barriers we put in front of ourselves with that generosity. I'd like to quote quickly Reverend Stacy Emerson. Generosity is remembering, remembering how God has touched our lives and blesses us in so many ways along our journeys. And generosity is a willing spirit, willing to first give ourselves to God as the church in Macedonia did in order to put ourselves and resources toward the task of helping someone else to further the work of God's grace out of gratitude for all that we have been given. Should you like to share financial support for First Baptist Church to forward generosity and helping of others, you will see on the, scray, on the screen a way to make that generosity realized. Thank you.
Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. All of us are blessed in different ways, and we all face different circumstances. God has given each one of us many gifts, and how we use those gifts is our gift back to God. Everyone must do what he or she is called to do, and no one's call is identical. Thank you for your gifts. In God's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I invite you now to hear another reading from the book of Galatians. This is our, our third week in Galatians, and this actually marks the last week in our narrative lectionary. We began this journey way back in September with Genesis, and have been marching through the scriptures until this week, Pentecost Sunday, as we hear now these words from the Apostle Paul. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh, for what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For those who are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I'm warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Amen. Story one. The people of God worried about the future before them. Their leader Moses had left on a hiking expedition now some time ago, and they had caught glimpses of him as he climbed to the top of the mountain. But now the mountain was filled with smoke and fire and trembled with the very power of God, and they wondered if Moses would ever return. 
In fact, some had given up hope. Many had begun to grumble. They melted down their gold to create a symbol of earthly virility and strength because they thought they would be better off if they returned to the old ways, back to the bondage of of requirements and, and the coercion and certainty, back to the security of slavery to the ways of the world. Little did the people of God know what awaited them for before long Moses would descend the mountain holding the Torah, the law, the sign of the covenant of God with God's people. Torah would, would not simply be a how-to guide, a to-do list, a prescription of, of supposed-tos, but it would be a, a description of a life that God wanted for them, a celebration of community and relationship and calling and covenant and justice and purpose, a gift of the knowledge of what life would look like when God's people lived in right relationship, about how they would treat each other, about how they would honor God holy and above all, about how their bodies mattered to God, about the things that flow out of a spirit-led life. (laughs) As the mountain rumbled and God spoke, little did God's people know what was in store from the Spirit of God. Story two. The people of God worried about the future before them. Their leader, the risen Jesus, had left to return to God's glory now some time ago. They had caught glimpses of him as he ascended into God's heaven. But now they were unsure of what to do next, how to behave, how to live the life that that Jesus had shown them. And so they, they hid. They hid together in the upper room, peeking outside to see the the throngs that gathered for the Pentecost festival. From all corners of the globe, pilgrims gathered while the the followers of Jesus huddled together. In fact, some had given up hope. They were were more worried about the the structure of the institution. Jesus had chosen 12, and so they needed a 12th to replace Judas. They chose Matthias by lot in an attempt to return to the old ways. Twelve tribes, twelve apostles, structure complete. They thought they would be better off if they simply returned to the old ways, back to the bondage of requirements and coercion and certainty. Back to the security of slavery, to the ways of the world. But little did the people of God know what awaited them, for before long the Spirit of God would descend on each of them, empowering them for gospel ministry, women and men, powerful and powerless, outgoing and reserved. It didn't matter. At once they were all empowered, tongues of fire on every single one of them to tell the good news of Jesus to all who gathered at the festival. (laughs) It was the sign of the covenant of God with God's people, the covenant that the throngs in the streets had come to hear, that had come to, to witness to the sign that they yearned to experience. Every single one of them now in the streets would hear that good news in their own language, in their own tongue. Again, it wasn't a a how-to guide, a to-do list, a prescription of supposed-tos, but a description of a life that God wanted for them, a celebration of community and relationship and calling and covenant and justice and purpose, a gift of the, the knowledge of what life would look like when God's people lived in right relationship 
how they would uh, treat each other, how they would honor God holy and above all about how they mattered to God, about the things that flow out of a spirit-filled life. As the room rumbled and God spoke, little did God's people know what was in store from the Spirit of God. Story three. The people of God worried about the future before them. Their leader, the Apostle Paul, had moved on, left the congregations here in their own Roman province of Galatia so that he could begin more churches, support other congregations elsewhere. So here in these highlands, the Gentiles of Galatia had had heard the words of Paul and, and had responded. They fell in love with the stories of Jesus that he had shared. They entered into community together, a community of service and care and worship and love. But now Paul was gone, gone for some time now, and they wondered if he would ever return. In fact, some had given up hope. Many had begun to grumble. There were a certain individuals who had come from the home office back in Jerusalem, and they warned that these, these Galileans, or these Galatian Gentiles, they, they weren't quite doing it right. They weren't doing it with the, what they were supposed to, right? There was, there was more to the community of God than they, they had come to believe. In fact, some of the congregations had become enamored with the requirements that these certain individuals had demanded. They thought that they would all be better off if they just returned to those old ways. Back to the bondage of requirements and coercion and certainty. Back to the security of slavery to the ways of the world. (laughs) But little did the people of God know what awaited them, for before long a courier would arrive breathless with a letter from the Apostle Paul himself. Congregations would be gathered. The letter would be read. Faces would turn red when they saw how angry the apostle was. But tears of gratitude would be shed as they heard Paul's description of the power of the Spirit in their life. (laughs) Not fruits with an S. Not a a plural list of to-dos. Not a how-to guide. Not a prescription of supposed-tos. But the, the fruit of the Spirit. In the collective, it's a cornucopia, a bounteous banquet that is the sign of the covenant of God with God's people, a description of life that God wanted for them, a celebration of community and relationship and calling and covenant of justice and purpose. A gift of the knowledge of what life would look like when God's people lived in right relationship, how they would treat each other, how they would honor God wholly and above all about how their bodies mattered to God and the things that made for a spirit-led life. As the letter from the apostle rumbled and God spoke through his words, little did God's people know what was in store from the Spirit of God. Story four. The people of God worried about the future before them. Their congregation had been through some leadership changes in the last few years. So much had changed in their church and in their own little university community in the hills of northeast Kansas. 
the world was changing around them. They wondered what these changes would mean for their church and for their faith. And in fact, some had given up hope. Many had begun to grumble. They, they remembered the church of years before, decades earlier. If it had worked then, why wouldn't it work again? They thought they would be better off if they returned to the old ways, back to the bondage of requirements and coercion and certainty, back to the slavery of the ways of the world. <laughs> Little did the people of God know what awaited them. For before long, a small band of leaders would climb aboard a plane and fly to the tiny island of Haiti. There they would find themselves and eventually their church changed by the very power of the Spirit of God. For it was in Haiti that they would meet missionaries of incredible faith and trust in God's power. They would see kingdom work as they dug holes for the foundation of a school. And they fell in love with the people and a purpose. And on Pentecost Sunday, sweating in the open-air sanctuary at the end of a dusty Haitian road, they would see the power of God. As a rather clueless and ineffectual preacher stood in front of that Haitian congregation, they watched his translator. A young woman mentored and chosen for her gifts turn his words into gospel power. As the church celebrated its birth at Pentecost, this team of Kansans watched the birth of a preacher, a pastor with a vision and a dream to change the world for God. And through the next decade, the partnership with these missionaries, with this country, with this preacher, has changed this congregation in the hills of northeast Kansas, perhaps forever. Not with a tired how-to guide, a to-do list, a prescription of supposed-tos, but instead their partnership with these Haitian missionaries, the school they built together with new understandings of what it means to join God at work in the world. These things would be a catalyst for them. It would be a description of a life that God wanted for them, a gift of the knowledge of what it would look like when God's people lived in right relationship, about how they would treat each other, about how they would honor God holy and above all, about how all bodies, including black and brown bodies, matter to God. About the things that make for a spirit-led life. As that Haitian preacher rumbled with power and God spoke through her, little did God's people know what was in store from the Spirit of God. And finally, story the people of God worry about the future before them. Their way of being church, of practicing their faith, has been disrupted and forever altered by a global pandemic and desperate attempts to keep people healthy in its wake. Now, with some predicting that one in every three churches in the United States will close because of this, and the other two and three churches visibly shaken, some wonder if normal will ever return. 
In fact, some have given up hope. Many have begun to grumble. They think that it would all be better if they just returned to the old ways, back to the bondage of requirements and coercion and certainty, back to the security of slavery to the ways of the world. But in the midst of the fear, there are those who are excited about the future church that awaits them. They gather together on Zoom meetings, in Sunday school classes, in youth group, and on Sunday evenings they sit together for hours as a leadership team, praying, dreaming, listening to comments and questions and hopes and dreams of a congregation asking what it means to be reshaped. Their work is not simply to create an alternative how-to guide, a to-do list, a prescription of supposed-tos. Instead, they're busy seeking God's call on the future church, asking what kind of life God wants for them, celebrating community and relationship and, and calling and covenant and justice and purpose. Eyes wide open to the gift of the knowledge of what life looks like when God's people live in right relationship. About how they will treat each other. About how they will honor God wholly and above all. About how their bodies and the bodies of all of God's children matter to God. About the things that flow out of a spirit-filled life. They are busy reshaping church. No. They are busy watching God reshape church. And as they watch... They are amazed. And as the world around them changes and rumbles and God speaks through it all, may we celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday that we cannot imagine, not even imagine in the beginning, how on earth God will change us. How God will mold us. How God will reshape us. We can't imagine a fraction of the power that's in store by the Spirit of God. May it be so. And may we have eyes to see. Let us pray. God of the Pentecost that comes and comes and comes and comes and comes again. The story of your Spirit entering into our hearts and entering into our lives and entering into our church, God, is one that simply does not end. Remind us again of your power. Open our eyes to the shape that you are shaping us into. Grant us once again the power and peace of your love. Amen. And so this morning, if you would respond to the call of the Spirit on your life, if you would say that you would want to, to come forward in this physical space or share a word virtually to say that, that you want to join this congregation, that you want to be a, a part of this church, now's the time. Maybe you'll come and follow in the waters of baptism as we've seen in these last several weeks. Whatever your response would be as we now stand and sing or sing at home, you're invited to respond.
God, Thou dost love and do what Thou wouldst do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until Maybe seated. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but it's not raining. <laughs> yes. So I think we can go ahead and have coffee outside on the uh, on the front uh, porch today for those of you that are gathered here in this space. Again, here in a few moments, the ushers will uh, release you wedding style, a row at a time, starting in the back. Uh, and we'll share some time of, of coffee. I invite the, the, the graduates who are able to, to stay for the reception to kind of uh, uh, hang out there in the back so that we can uh, celebrate you all once again. It's good to have you all with us today and families as well. Uh, okay, so here in a minute i got to change out of my, uh, uh, my Pentecost bow tie and put on my home run t-shirt. I see a lot of you all wearing your home run t-shirts uh, for our picture, uh, we're getting close to the deadline for uh, uh, registration for the home run. It'll be an opportunity to, to really support an, an amazing uh, uh, institution here in our own community uh, and uh, help some families, uh, help out folks who are really in need in these days. And so uh, we're going to do a picture uh, before too long uh, with those of us with our t-shirts on as a way to uh, remind folks it's coming. It's time to, uh, to sign up. Uh, also, it's time to sign up for a Vacation Bible School. We've got a couple few more weeks for VBS, but not a lot few more weeks. Uh, VBS is coming around the corner, and so uh, plan to be a part of that uh, soon. Uh, you've seen details about the electronics drop-off. Make sure that uh, uh, those days are, are running out, too, so make sure if you want to do that, uh, you'll uh, uh, come and uh, drop those off here at the church in those, uh, those time frames. And then... We are almost to the time of the year which we celebrate the church picnic. Now last year we had a wonderful virtual celebration, but it wasn't quite the same. Now it's an opportunity to be together and we'll do it uh, a little bit differently. We'll have it here uh, at the church. Uh, we'll have it in the parking lot. We'll, we'll celebrate and boy will we celebrate. Will we party having the opportunity to be together as we uh, come and celebrate uh, the, our time, our birthday, our anniversary as a church, we celebrate what God is doing now. I think that's it. A lot going on, plenty to do. 
uh, please check out your newsletter for all the details. Now, a benediction as we go from this place. God, we, we stand on your hope. We stand on your promise. We stand on the story of your spirit in our midst. And so now we go. We go with that promise. We go with that power on our lips and in our hearts. And we go with that love that only you can give. In your name we pray. Amen.